Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. Somebody say, I'm not finished yet. I need a hood church today. I don't need anybody who's cute. I need somebody who's tired of being sick and tired, tired of people playing games with your mind, tired of demons keeping you up at night. I want you to clear in the room and say the blood of Jesus prevails and I'm not finished yet. I'm preaching. I haven't even touched nothing yet. But I want you to declare within your soul that, that you will stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I have... Um, I have an admiration for, I feel like preaching, I feel, uh, I have an admiration for ducks. Um, I haven't been to a park recently, but when I go sometimes to the parks, um, I have an admiration for ducks, and you can put that picture up. Um, I have an admiration for them because when I look at them, uh, they seem uh, to have uh, some sense of ease uh, which they glide through the water. Um, I love to watch it because it seems like um, they swim with ease and they just glide across the pond or they glide across the lake of which um, I'm viewing. And the reason that I like them is because it sometimes reminds me of how people seem to admire what you go through. And they seem to think that we handle trials with such ease. It is the um, oxymoron of being persecuted but not forsaken. To be able to glide through, um, glide through death and glide through pandemics and glide through different situations and, and glide through emotional uh, situations and glide through your employees and glide through your workstations and glide. Some of y'all have worked harder at home than you worked in a building. <laughs> To be able to glide through that and people look at what you've gone through and they say you seem to do that with such ease. So I love to watch ducks because it is how grace works. How it causes us to be able to glide through storms. Uh, David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will still fear no evil. It doesn't mean that I don't walk through things, but I, I'm able to, to walk through it or to glide through it with such an ease and agility. Is there anybody that you look at your own self and say, I don't even know how I made it through that? Uh, to, to be able to look at some of the storms and the things that you have experienced, just looking back, March wasn't that long ago. To just think how uh, it seems like things shifted immediately and just to think that that, that shift almost took you out. But just to see how you're still gliding through that thing and, and how things have changed and how people have got laid off, but God has still provided for you. And how people have shut down other things, but you try to shut down your mind, but you still got your mind and you still got to praise. Oh, they shut down the building for a second, but look at us coming back together again, gliding through. Somebody say, I'm gliding through this thing. I'm gliding. So I love to watch ducks because I love to see how they glide. Uh, but, but that's not a proper assessment of the duck. Because to look at them on the surface is to overlook the struggle underneath. Go to my next picture. Because what I don't see is how hard the duck has to, the pedaling. 
just that it's that it takes just to stay on top. What it takes for me just to stay on top of the water. What it takes just for me to maintain my sanity. What it takes just for me not to clock. What it takes just for me to have a focused mind. What it takes just to be able to be attacked but not allow the attack to overtake me. What it takes. Anybody had a pedal? Had a, had a pedal? I just, I, it's it hard for me just to, to stay on top because everybody is admiring the, what seems like ease. But if you knew what it took... To maintain this ease, you might not envy me just as much as you do. Because if you knew while I'm gliding, I'm still being attacked underneath. Is there anybody who's anointed but tried at the same time? Anybody who's been singing but persecuted at the same time? Somebody say, it's, 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 I'm in between. I'm, I'm in between the glide and the tack. So, the duck. I love the duck because of what I think looks easy but if I knew how much the struggle was I might not envy it to be able to keep pedaling I want somebody today this message for those people who want to stop pedaling this message is for people who want the Instagram picture but not the work that goes behind the picture because anybody can post but without filter what are you When you have a lot of money, you have a lot of friends. But when you get broke, where do they go? When everybody's applauding you, you got a lot of people. When people start talking, you'll find out who's really for you and who's against you. Somebody say, keep pedaling, keep pedaling. So I think about that as it relates to this scripture. And some of you thought I was lost, but I'm not lost. Because I think of that as it relates to Second Peter. And we talk about how he says, after you add to your faith self-control... I want you to add steadfastness, which is to be patiently enduring, to not give up, to not stop. Meaning, as I told you last week, the way you know you've graduated from one test is you get the next test. The way you know you've graduated from one battle, you get a next battle. Have any of you all ever been between battles? <laughs> Thank God for being in between. Because it's either you're coming out of a storm, you're in a storm, or you're going into a storm. Three places you could be. Thank God. That's why, uh, that's why Walter Hawkins said, don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. <laughs> you're not getting the testimony when you come out. The testimony is being developed while you're in it. <laughs> so here in this scripture, we find, he says, add to your faith. After you add self-control, mastery. He said, I want you to add to your faith. Add to that steadfastness to be able to endure. So when I look at this scripture, we find out in verse 8, we says, we find out that uh, Amalek, or Amalek, excuse me, he came, Amalek was a person. He came and fought, he did a thing with Israel at a location in Rephidim. Some of y'all are being attacked at a place by a person that knows where you are. So it's one thing, um, the Bible says, that, well, the historian, excuse me, say, uh, Gwen, that the reason that the Israelites were attacked was because, hey, Ashley, he says, the reason that the Israelites were attacked is because they found out or they watched, excuse me, they watched them survive other storms. 
The reason they were attacked is because they watched God make ways in other seasons. So they watched them survive the wilderness. They watched them uh, when there was no food in all the land. They watched God give them manna. When there were storms coming to other people, they saw God providing a, a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. And they were watching them survive everything that was designed to kill them. When Pharaoh came to try to grab the people that he had released back, he watched the people, the enemy watched them walk over on dry land and drown the enemy. You do know that when something lets you go, it will come back to see if it still has a grip on you. Wish I was preaching to a church today. You know that when something releases you, it will call you sometime just to see. Do they still have the same effect on you that they used to have? <laughs> Pharaoh does not let go without remembering that he used to have you. But they watch, I feel Jesus, but they watch God take care of the thing that used to grab them and used to hold them. So because God kept making ways and because God kept providing, the Bible says that, or it says that because of that, they got attacked because they were blessed. There are some of you right now who are attacked right now, and you think you're attacked, Ashley, because you did something wrong. Some of you are being attacked just because you got a testimony. Some of you are being attacked and things are coming upon you just because you keep surviving. You keep making it out. You keep overcoming. Everybody celebrates you when you're going through. Um, we have somebody here today, um, Sister Joanne, who um, is celebrating today 14 years of sobriety. They don't mean anything to you if you ain't never struggled with nothing. But as long as she stay drunk, there's always a party. But when you got to go through process, people get quiet. As long as you provide in the liquor, you got a bunch of friends. But when you try to step away from that thing and say, it can't hold me no more, then people start saying, how can you do that? 14 years, that's how I did it. Because what did, what did you say? Because he's the keeper of my soul. Somebody give God praise for keeping your soul. So they got attacked. They got attacked because they were kept. They got attacked because they were favored. They got attacked because they had something on them. I want to talk to the people who got something on you. I want to talk to the people that you got something on you that, that people cannot even describe exactly what it is. But no matter what job you go on, favor follows you. No matter what room you walk into, favor follows you. No matter what hospital door you go into, favor follows you. No matter what tries to grip you, it can't grip you because of what's on me. If anybody got something on you right now, give God praise for what's on you. <laughs> I ain't talking about nothing spooky. I'm talking about something spiritual. 
I ain't talking about nothing that makes you itch. I'm talking about something that gets you delivered. I'm talking about I got something on me. So. So. uh, They were attacked because of what was on them. And they, they attacked them just to see if God was really on them. They attacked them just to see if they were really as blessed as they seem to be. See, being blessed is not just what I say. Blessed is what I am. I don't just walk around and say I'm blessed and highly favored because it's a great colloquialism that people say in the church world. That's not just something I just say. It's what I am. No matter what I go through, I'm still blessed. Take something from me, I'm still blessed. Add something to me, I'm still blessed. Cause me to be sick, I'm still blessed. What's on me will cause me to rise through it because I'm blessed. Somebody say I'm blessed. So they got attacked just because of what was on them. I stayed too long there. So the thing was, the attack was one thing. But who they were attacked by is another thing. Juanita, you got to scratch a little bit more under the surface to find out who they were attacked by. Anybody want to know who they were attacked by? They were attacked by the Amalekites. Amalek. Some of y'all don't know who Amalek is. Let me tell you who he is. Amalek is the grandson of Esau. Uh, Those of you who might not read your Bible except for on Sundays might not know who Esau is. But Esau was the brother of Jacob. Esau was born in the womb. Esau and Jacob were born in the womb of Rebekah. In the womb of Rebekah. Y'all mind if I teach you for a second? In the womb of Rebekah, it says that Esau and Jacob wrestled. Esau was coming out first, but Jacob grabbed the heel of Esau and said, you're not coming out before I come out. So he grabbed him and thus he got the name heel snatcher. Esau and Jacob were wrestling from the womb. So then later on, they grew up and it says later on that uh, Esau did not honor his birthright. He came in the house one day because Jacob was one who cooked well. So Jacob started to cook and Esau came in and said, I'm hungry. Jacob said, I'll give you something to eat if you give me your birthright. (laughs) He said, what is my birthright to me? I'm hungry. You have to be careful of people who make decisions based on a temporary satisfaction. (laughs) When you're hungry, you sometimes make irrational decisions. When you're hungry, you kind of do things just because you need to satisfy some longing. So Esau did not honor his birthright because he was hungry. So Jacob said, here, give me your birthright. He said, here, give me my birthright. He said, you can take it. So Jacob not only was a heel snatcher, but he was also a stealer of something that did not belong to him. They grew up again as if that was enough. They grew up later on and the dad was getting ready to die. Trying to teach y'all the Bible. The dad was getting ready to die. It's better than the have and have nots. The dad was getting ready to die. It's better than Greenleaf. I know y'all like that, but it's better than that. The, the dad was getting ready to die. And when the dad was getting ready to die, he said, I want to bless my child. So he said, told Esau, go out, hunt some game, hunt some food, hunt something for me and bring it back to me and give it to me. Uh, well, it says that, that instead of that, uh, uh, their mother got with Jacob 
and told Jacob what to do to get what wasn't his. You have to be careful with the allegiance you make with your children. Sometimes the child wouldn't know how to do it if you didn't teach them. They wouldn't know how to lie on their taxes unless you showed them. They wouldn't know how to avoid the bill collector unless they heard you say, Mama ain't home. Tell them, Mama, Mama ain't home. Some things have been passed down because they taught you taught it. So the mother taught him how to scheme. As if it wasn't already in his nature. Sometimes you have to identify what's in your child and lead them a different way instead of feeding the way they're in. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So it says that instead of her leading him a different way, she taught him how to stay just as he was. So he went in there and he, the, the, the dad was older. He could not discern as he normally did. So the dad said, he said, uh, you sound like Jacob, but you feel like Esau. When your discernment is off, don't bless nobody. I'm trying to get through this message. <laughs> when your discernment is off, don't make no moves. When your discernment is off, it's not time to date. <laughs> when your discernment is off, stay still. Somebody say, stay still. Sometimes you need to text. That you, before you text, you might need to read it one more time before you push sin. And sometimes you might just need to delete the whole thing and say, okay. <laughs> so he said you sound like Jacob but you feel like Esau so because what he felt like feelings will lie on you trying to get through this message Lord Jesus I feel so I feel oily today if you, if you would if you, you, because feelings make you make decisions based on what feels right <laughs> he felt like it was his other son, but he heard that it wasn't his son, but he trusted his feeling instead of the voice. Listening to God is not based on feeling. You got to know his voice. Somebody said, I got to know his voice. He, he, he denied what he knew and went on what he felt and wound up blessing the wrong person. So when Esau came in to be blessed, it says that the dad starts to shake. He said, I've already, I, I've, I've already blessed. I, I thought that you were, I blessed the wrong person. You got to be careful when you date the wrong person. Get the wrong job. Because if the money feels good. Don't make moves based on what feels good. Because you can get a feeling and wind up in the health department too. Don't go based on what feels good. So he said, <laughs> I ain't trying to hurt nobody. I'm trying to help you. So he said, he said to him, he said, no. He said, I've already blessed. And, and Esau said, is there not still a blessing for me? I was just in the wrong place. I missed what was mine. The dad still gave him a blessing, but it wasn't the blessing that was for him. 
So later on, Jacob was the heel snatcher. He was the one who stole the birthright, and he was the one who stole the blessing. His mother told him, you better run. So he ran. He left. I'm imagining that they were probably of the darker hue because they knew that there was a fight that was going to break out in the house. So mama said, boy, you probably need to go ahead. You probably need to leave. This is not going to be cordial. So later on, Jacob left with his character flawed while running. But somewhere around Genesis, the 32nd chapter, it says that Jacob was left by himself. And while he was alone, there wrestled a man with him all night long. I want to talk to somebody who's all alone and you're wrestling with your thoughts. He was all night wrestling. And while he wrestled, it says that the angel said to him, let me go. Jacob responded and said, I'm tired of being like this. I've been like this since I was in the womb. I refuse to move on like this. He said, I'm not going to let go of you until you bless me. They wrestled until there was something that hit the joint of him and he started to limp. Just to remind him of the fight that he had been in. And when he got through fighting, he said, you're going to be walking with a limp. But this limp is going to remind you that your name is no longer Jacob. Your name is no longer Trickster. Your name is no longer Con Artist. Now your name is Israel. You are now royalty. How can the same person who started out with character flaws have a wrestle and all of a sudden he goes from being a Trickster to royalty? I want to tell some of you stay in the fight a little bit longer. (laughs) Stay in the fight. Wrestle with your mind a little bit longer. Wrestle with yourself a little bit longer until you get a limp. Some of you are too prideful. You don't have a limp. And you need something that reminds you that that is the place that I wrestled with God and he changed me. (laughs) So I learned how to walk with my limp because it reminds me of how I prevailed. (laughs) It reminds me of how he changed me. I know you make fun of my limp, but my limp keeps me humble. It reminds me that if it had not been for the Lord (laughs) on my side, I I probably would have lost myself. I probably would have lost my mind. Somebody say, thank God for my limp. So he went on. God changed Jacob. God changed him to Israel. But Kenneth, but the interesting thing about this story is that also God changed Esau. Later on, Scripture says that Esau and Jacob came back together, and there was no art between them. But Amalek is the grandson of Esau. What that means is, sometimes something that stopped with you can be birthed through you. Something you didn't handle, something you might have not let go of, what is birthed through you tries to recreate it again. Esau was the grandfather of Amalek. So they were finished and they were fine, but the grandchildren were still rowdy. 
Have you ever met somebody's child or grandchild and said, who's your mama? And after a few conversations, you'd be like, you sure are. You, you sure are. You, you sure are. Have, have you ever just wanted, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. Have you ever just wanted to go to another church just so that you have to deal with the inheritance of somebody else? Because you meet them and you say, now, now who's, your, who's your people? And you're like, oh, Lord, you over here too? Because sometimes every generation gets worse. So Amalek, and I'm going to bring this in. So it says that the grandchildren said, my grandfather might not have dealt with it. He might have been okay, but we're going to handle this thing. The Israelites are the product of Jacob. We're not trying to attack the Israelite. I'm trying to check. I'm trying to attack the Jacob. There are some things that are not trying to attack your royalty. They're trying to remind you of your ratchet. The attack has nothing to do with your saved self. It has everything to do with who you used to be and who you were. So the Amalekites, the Amalekites, they said, I want to fight them. I want to come against them, not because of what they are now. I don't care about what they are now. They in church singing, worship, praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory. I want to fight them for who they were before they got saved. There are some people who will never let you forget what you used to be. There are some people who will throw up your picture just to remind you of where you used to be. And who you used to be and how you used to talk and how you used to act. Can I get a witness in the room that there, some of y'all don't even go to family reunions because you just don't want to be reminded. So they said, we want to fight you just so we can remember. So, but what happened in this, I got to go out of this. What happened is, it says that Moses knew what was going on because of a deep-rooted grudge that they had. A deep-rooted grudge. But I want to tell you and teach you and help you in these last few minutes that if you're going to finish, and I want you to finish, and I know you will finish. If you're going to finish, the first thing you got to do in this time and in this particular scripture is like Moses taught. One, you got to be able to choose your tribe wisely. What is a tribe? A tribe are the things of people that which you are associated with and connected with. They are the people that can identify with you. They are the ones who know you like nobody else knows you. But in this season, you better choose your tribe real wisely. Because if you're going through a fight that has nothing to do with your right now, but everything to do with your before, you need somebody who knows how to handle spiritual warfare. You don't need somebody who just went to Sunday school and now wants to be called to preach. You need somebody who knows how to speak to demons, knows how to warfare, knows how to pray over your child when you gave up on your child. You need somebody, you need to choose your tribe wisely. So Moses said to Joshua, he said, choose us men, go out and fight with Amalek. 
He said, but tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. He says, so Joshua did as Moses told him, and he fought with Amalek while Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Moses relied on what he knew, which was the staff. But he told Joshua, you do what you do. I'm going to use a staff. You go fight. Joshua had learned from Moses, though, how to choose people. Because Moses was in a situation where he was leading people and it was too much for him. So his father-in-law, Jethro, told him, he said, you can't do all this on your own. He said, you're going to have to devise some people that will help you be able to maneuver through this. So he watched Moses choose wise people and people in place. So Joshua knew how to choose people. But in this way, Joshua had to find some people that would fight. I'm sorry, y'all. But there are a lot of people you connected to right now who ain't good for nothing but a picture. You might not be a fighter, but you need some people in your corner who can. You might be, uh, God bless you, <laughs> but you need somebody to be like, what? <laughs> you need someone. I'm not talking about just going, you know, meeting somebody in the parking lot at 3 o'clock. But I need you need somebody who can be able to discern and to be able to see. So he told Moses, he said, Joshua, you go get people that are going to fight. I'm not going to fight, but y'all fight. He, because this enemy is coming against us whether we like it or not. He said, I want you to do what you got to do. I'm going to go up to another level. And the reason that Moses went up and Aaron and Hur went up is because when you get elevated, hear this and know this, this is a jewel for you. When you get elevated, it's never about you. Elevation and promotion is never about you. It's about you being able to have a better perspective than other people have. Just because you have more doesn't mean all the more just comes to you. They went up to another level to say that if this thing is a fight, I'm going to have to elevate to get to a place that I can see right. Because if you're going through something, you need somebody who can see it from a different perspective. Because sometimes you can't see the forest from the trees. And you need somebody who can be able to say, hey, hey, just calm down just a little bit. This thing is almost over. Just calm down. You need somebody who has a different perspective and a different level. So Moses said, I'm going to go up. You fight. And the reason that Moses went up, that's one thing. You got to choose wisely. I'm almost finished. You got to choose wisely, which means discernment. But the next thing you got to do to finish strong is, don't lose me. You got to prepare for the pressure. Because if I'm in a fight, pressure is coming. For some of you who might think this is doom and gloom, let me say it a better way. Pressure is coming. Maybe you want Greek and Hebrew. It's coming. No matter what season you're in, pressure, storms are coming. Someone just say it out loud. It's coming. He said, when Moses, and whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. And whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. What that meant was, as long as he kept his hands up, hands up means, not talking about you under arrest, hands up means that as long as he stayed in a posture of prayer, 
As long as he prayed, they won. But when he stopped praying, the enemy start gaining ground. I want you, some of y'all are only praying at night. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And then you pray again in the morning. Lord, thank you that you didn't allow my winding sheets. I mean, you pray all that stuff. You pray all these ceremonial things. Morning. And then I pray again at night. And I've done it. When you in a fight, Thessalonians say pray always. You need to not pray ceremonially. You need to pray, keep a prayer on your lips. Some of you got people, when you see them, you start praying immediately. When you see some faces on Zoom, you automatically go. If you, if you're, you put your, you put it on mute just so you can speak in tongues. You be on mute like, And they be like, I didn't hear you. Oh, I, I would say, I said, hey, good morning. Good morning. That's just what I was saying. <laughs> Somebody say, pray always. In every season. If you got money, pray. If you don't have money, pray. If you're up, pray. If you're down, pray. That's what Dorothy Norwood says, somebody prayed for me. Had me on their mind. Took the time to pray for me. I want somebody to start praying again. Pray. I want the right person to get in office. But if they don't. I'm still going to pray. <laughs> because the last time I checked, God is still sitting on the throne. <laughs> I don't care what the color of the person is. What I know is I've been saved by red blood. And as long as his blood ain't changed, I'm still going to be in a posture of prayer. Somebody say pray. pray. So they prayed. Glory to the Lamb. Joshua fought. Hear this. Don't miss this. Joshua fought. But Moses prayed. I'm going to speak to the old people and the young people. Older people, don't try to do what the young people are supposed to do. And younger people, don't do what the older people are supposed to do. Moses said, I'm too old to fight right now. But I've gone through enough to know how to pray. He said, Joshua... You ain't gone through enough yet, but you know how to fight. So you go out and fight, but I'm going to sit here and pray. I want to tell all old people, we need you to pray while the young people out here trying to fight. You don't have to go out there and march, but I need you to pray for me right now. Pray that I don't make the wrong decision. Pray that I don't make the wrong move. I need you to pray. Somebody say, pray for me. And even when I tell you I don't need it, ignore my foolishness. Because sometimes the young people, we feel like we are, uh, we feel like we cannot be, or we're inextinguishable. But when you've been around somebody who's prayed and say, you ain't gone through enough yet, baby. <laughs> you haven't been through enough, you haven't been through enough pressure yet. You need somebody that will lay their hands on you for a minute and say, I don't want nothing for you but to cover you. I miss some of the older people. 
I miss some of the older people who didn't dress like much, but they had prayer. I miss some of the older people who didn't drive good cars, but they had prayer. I miss some of the older people who had runs in their stockings, but they had prayer. They would walk around the altar and say, Jesus, I call upon you. Jesus, I call upon you. Jesus, I call upon you. They might not have had a dance. They might have had a scuffle in their feet, but they had a prayer. Somebody say prayer. If you need something to change in your life, you need a prayer partner. You don't need a pimp, you need a prayer partner. Somebody that will cover you. Somebody that will pray for you. Somebody that will cover you in your areas. That's what I miss. I miss my grandmama. Oh, Martha Hawker. I would go stay at my grandmama's house who didn't seem to have air conditioning. It was always hot. I would go to grandmama's house and when I would sit there around 3 o'clock every morning, I would see the light come on in the bathroom. I'm like, why is grandmama going there? And she go use the bathroom every night around three o'clock. But all of a sudden, I think mama was, grandmama was in there using the bathroom. <laughs> but all of a sudden, I would hear her say, Glory, 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 glory. Save my children. Save my husband. Save, oh, in the name of Jesus. Save them, save them, save them. She would start saying the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. And she'd be in the bathroom saying, I plead the blood over my grandchildren. I plead the blood over my grandson. I plead the blood grandmama's gone now but her prayer is still working somebody say pray Woo! Jesus I thank God for people who pray <laughs> grandmama always had a hair up in a bun she never had a hair down but she was always praying Grandmama always wore jeans. Uh, uh, she wore. Uh, she always had a skirt that was jeans. Uh, it, it, Grandmama didn't wear jean pants. She wore jean skirts, and she had on white tennis shoes. <laughs> white tennis shoes. Grandmama would come to my. Grandmama would come to my house. Come to my my parents' house. She would watch something called TVN. Y'all don't know what TVN is. <laughs> Grandma would be sitting on the couch, and all of a sudden, I thought Grandma was just watching Andy Griffith or watching TV. And all of a sudden, Grandma would be watching TV, and she started rocking. She started rocking like Grandma is all right. She's like, ah, whoo, shit, glory, glory. I'm sitting there like you just watching a television program. She said, No, I'm having a flashback. I'm just thinking about the goodness of Jesus. I wish somebody would sit in your mass seat right now and just start rocking and start remembering the things that God has done for you and the pressures that he has allowed you to overcome and somebody just give God a praise in the room. <laughs> so Joshua fought, but Moses prayed. He was saying that we're in this thing together. You do your part and I do my part. This is not the time to gossip and scroll and to look at each other. This is the time for each of us to do our part. And I want to ask in this church, you to be able to ask yourself, which one am I? Joshua or Moses? Am I the one who will pray in this season? Or am I the one who's going to fight? And when I'm talking about fight, I'm not talking about talking about fighting people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against spiritual weakness in high places. We need somebody that will fight higher than what you talk. <laughs> fight above what's social. Fight above what's trendy. Fight in heavenly places. So he said, you fight, I'll pray. And when we get somebody who knows how to fight spiritually and somebody knows how to pray spiritually, oh, what a victory we can experience. So the last and two more things, and I'm through. He says, so you got to prepare for the pressure because it's coming. The next thing is, you got to cover your weakness. Some of you are not winning because you don't have your weakness covered. Anything good you do long enough, you can get tired even in that. Moses was praying, but he got tired. I don't know if you're... Have you ever prayed for something so long and you felt like it was never going to work? And you got tired? And you got weary? Moses held up his hands so long and prayed so long and interceded so long that he became weary. He had a, but he, the, but, but what's important is before he got weary, he already had people in place. When you get weak, that's not the time to go look for a prayer partner. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm trying to help you. Yeah. You got to have a prayer partner on reserve just in case I need you. You don't even know you need insurance until you have a wreck. You don't know you need it until you need it. I don't know what I need until I need it. You got to know who's on first, who's on second, and who's on third. You need to know who's going to cover you in this season. He says, so Moses' hands grew weary. They put a stone under him. Made sure that he, and he sat on the stone. Oh, that, that's, that's a message all within itself. He sat on the stone. <laughs> they didn't set him on them, them. They set him on something solid. Which is to say, don't lean on me because I get weak too. What that means is keep a prayer partner, but let your prayer partner lead you to the rock. Don't ever put your prayer partner above Jesus. Don't ever put your pastor above Jesus. Don't put your bishop above Jesus. I, like you, am flesh. Oh, don't get quiet. You need people that will tell you I'm a prayer partner. <laughs> but I can get fleshly too. I'm praying for you as I pray for myself. Cover your weakness. I'm almost through. So Moses' role was just as important as Joshua's role. But it's important for you and I'm almost finished. And I hope this is blessing you. I really, really hope it is. Because the reason some of you are not winning is because you won't acknowledge your weakness. If you can't acknowledge it, you can't get help in it. Y'all want word for it? I got it. Isaiah, the 40th chapter, verse 28 says this. He says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He, someone say he, never becomes faint. Do you become faint? 
but he never becomes faint. And he is never weary. There is no limit to his understanding. But verse 29, this part right here, it says, but he gives strength to the faint. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. The reason that this is messing some of y'all up right now is because you keep saying stuff like, I got to be strong. I got to be strong in this season. I can't let my haters see me sweat. I got to be strong. Where is that in the Bible? He gives strength to the weary. If you're weary, say you're weary. You're not non-spiritual because you say you're going through. If you're weak, say you're weak. If you're tired, say you're tired. He can't get into it if you won't acknowledge it. That's why the, that's why the song said, now let the weak say I'm strong because of what the Lord has done. He says this, he says he gives strength, verse 30, for those who think you can't mess up. It says the youth will become faint and weary. I don't care how young you are. You'll get tired. And young men will stumble and fall. I ain't never going to fall. Oh, yes, you will. You'll mess up in something. But verse 31 says, not to leave y'all bad, but those who trust, or one version says, those who wait on the Lord will do what? Renew. Someone say renew. He'll renew my what? My strength. He will then allow me to soar. Say soar. That means he'll allow me to mount up on wings like eagles, meaning I can't mount myself up, but he will allow me to. Allow me to mount up and he will allow me to run to finish and not finish tired. Some of y'all want to finish, but you want to finish tired. If you trust him, he'll allow you to run and not become weary and you will walk and not faint. My last point is this. When you know this, you're able to celebrate your wins. Why did I acknowledge Miss Joanne earlier? It's because just because I didn't struggle with that doesn't mean I can't celebrate somebody else who struggled with that. When we celebrated Mr. Leon, we celebrated him because of what he struggled with. Just because it's not my struggle doesn't mean I can't celebrate you in your struggle. You have to learn how to celebrate every win. Even if it's a small win. Celebrate that you ain't cussed nobody out today and it's 222. Just celebrate it. Just be like, I ain't clocked on nobody right now. I'm going to celebrate you right now because you're doing good. Because normally by now you would have clocked by five times by now. You're doing good. Celebrate that you ain't slapped your child. I'm sorry, not trying to promote abuse. But celebrate. Celebrate that you got a grip when your child is and you're like, it's Sunday. <laughs> I'm not going to get you. But after dinner, it's me and you. Celebrate everything. And don't hear me. Don't wait on anybody else to celebrate you. Don't you dare wait on anybody to tell you how good you're doing. You look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm good. I'm great. I'm royal. I'm a priesthood. I'm ahead and not to tell. I'm above and not beneath. Don't you wait on anybody. When somebody else tells you you look good, you say, yeah, I told myself that too. I think I do like my outfit. Actually, I do. Thank you. 
celebrate yourself. Somebody say, celebrate yourself. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek, uh, Amalek. Joshua overwhelmed, meaning he wore him out. That's what it means. Wore out the people with his sword. And then the Lord said to Joshua, I mean, the Lord said to Moses, he said, I want you to write this down as a memorial in the book. I'm through musicians. He said, write this down as a memorial in the book. Recited in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek. He said, I want you to write this down as a memorial. What is a memorial? A memorial is something to remind you of what used to be. He said, I want you to write this down. I want you to recite this in the ears of Joshua. He said, why don't I want you to recite this in the ears of Joshua? Because sometimes people who are young think they won because of them. I want you to recite this in their ears to tell them that through prayer and through fighting, we won this thing. Not one without the other, but both together. Prayer and fighting. Prayer and protesting. Prayer and voting. Prayer and laws changing. Prayer and panel discussions. Prayer and us dealing with racism. Prayer and, not prayer without, not just prayer and not working, prayer and working. Not just saying God's going to give me a job and I'm not going to apply. Not saying God's going to get me out of debt and I keep going out every night to eat. Prayer and working. Someone say prayer and. Say it again. Say prayer and. Whatever you celebrate will be repeated. If you want to see something repeated in your life, celebrate it. If Tasha Cobbs were here, she would say put a praise on it. Celebrate everything that God does for you. Find something to celebrate. Some of y'all woke up complaining and still are celebrating. You have to learn how to celebrate in every season. To say, Lord, thank you that I'm breathing. Thank you that I got my right mind. Thank you, Lord, for friends. Even if I got one, thank you for the one friend I got. Thank you, Lord, that I don't know half these people on Facebook, but thank you, Lord, for the power of block. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Someone just say, thank you, Lord. I want you to finish strong. And I want everybody to finish. But if you're going to finish, you're going to have to make sure you choose wisely in this season. You're going to prepare for the pressure. I'm through. I'm finished. Come on. Prepare for the pressure. You got to make sure that you, you pray. Make sure that you're in that spot, in that position. But you make sure that you cover your weakness. And lastly, that you celebrate your wins. Celebrate everything. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.